Welcome to Sermons from Bailey Road. You are about to hear a sermon given at Bailey Road Baptist Church. Bailey Road is a small Bible-believing church located in North Jackson, Ohio, and is pastored by Pastor Aaron Smith. We are dedicated to serving the Lord through our people and through our teaching. We hope you are enlightened by today's message, and again, welcome to Bailey Road Baptist Church. Ecclesiastes chapter number 12, and we have been diligently working our way here uh, towards this. And I've, I don't know if you have or not, but I've enjoyed this study through the book of Ecclesiastes. Solomon, of course, at the end of his life, uh, toward the end of his life, I should say, going through, and uh, he's been on a search uh, to answer the unknown questions of life. And as he has done so, he started off in chapter 1, uh, by saying, Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. That word vanity meaning an emptiness or a want of something to satisfy a desire. Something that is a fruitless desire or an endeavor or something that is an empty pleasure. And uh, you know as well as I do, there are many things in life that we strive for, we long for, that we think are going to bring a certain amount of happiness or joy into our life only to be left empty. Only to be left thinking, I thought I'd enjoy that more, or it didn't bring the fulfillment that I thought it would be or bring. He went on to say, that not only is it vanity of vanities, but he said in verse number 17 of chapter 1, And I gave my heart to know wisdom, to know madness and folly. I perceived that this also is vexation of spirit. He was disturbed and troubled in his mind and irritated at the disturbance of desire, saying, I, I've tried everything there is to try. And he said, I gave my heart to know wisdom, to know madness and folly. But I perceived this also is vexation of spirit, the, uh, the idea of madness, the opposition to reason, the idea of folly is the want of understanding or having an absurd act that is highly sinful. By the time we got to chapter 2, Solomon said, I, I've done a search. He said, I've searched my own heart to find what God would say, to find what life is all about. And he went beyond the search of what life would bring, and he said, I'm just going to try to entertain myself. And I would dare say, and if my opinion, that chapter 2 of the book of Ecclesiastes describes our current culture of society. Describes it to, I think, a, to perfection uh, in the fact that we have brought to ourselves as a culture, as a society, the things of entertainment. Everything is about entertainment, or at least what's going to entertain me next. Uh, so much so that even in our, uh, even in our churches today, We've given ourselves over to entertainment. 
And we've amused ourselves seemingly to death to put on a show or a production. And Solomon goes through and describes the idea of building houses and having anything that his eyes could want. He said, if I want it, I got it. But in verse number 17, he summarizes this same chapter by saying, Therefore, I hated life. After getting everything that he could want, after entertaining himself to the hilt, he said, Therefore, I hated life, because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me, for all is vanity and vexation of spirit. And so we went through the book of Ecclesiastes along this search that Solomon performed. When we come to the end of chapter 11, I actually want to begin there, and we'll continue into chapter 12. In verse number 9 of Ecclesiastes chapter 11, the Bible says, Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth. And let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart, and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou, for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. Therefore, remove sorrow from thy heart, put away evil from thy flesh, for childhood and youth are vanity. Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth. While the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. While the sun or the light or the moon or stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble, and strong men shall bow themselves, the grinders cease because they are few. And those that look out of the windows be darkened. And the doors shall be shut in the streets. When the sound of the grinding is low, and he shall rise up at the voice of the bird, and all the daughters of music shall be brought low. When they shall be afraid of that which is high, and fears shall be in the way, and the almond tree shall flourish. The grasshopper shall be a burden, and desire shall fail. Because man goeth to his long home, and the mourners go about the streets. Wherever the silver cord be loosed, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern, then shall the dust return to the earth as it was. And the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher. All is vanity. After twelve chapters, Solomon writes once again the same verse he started with in chapter 1. In all of his searching. In all of his musings, he says once again in conclusion, Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, all is vanity. But he changes here in verse 9 just a little bit. 
as he says, and moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge. Yea, he gave good heed and sought out and set in order many proverbs. The preacher sought to find out acceptable words. That which was written was upright, even words of truth. The words of the wise are as goads and as nails fastened by the masters of assemblies, which are given from one shepherd. And further, by these, my son, be admonished. Of making many books, there is no end. And much study is a weariness of the flesh. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. That's Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Interestingly enough, though, Verse number 13 and 14 are the concluding thoughts, the summarization, if you will, of everything leading up to the end of this chapter and the end of this book. Solomon's been on a journey. He's been on a search. He has sought his heart. He has sought everything that he tried to figure out. And his conclusion, he tells us in verse number 13, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. He said, this is what it all comes down to. Fear God and keep His commandments. Two things, very simply. Fear God and keep His commandments. But you and I both know that while these may be simple to say, it's definitely not easy to do. But he goes on to say that this is the whole duty of man. Then he explains why. It reminds us that God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, that which is good or that which is evil, God will judge. Therefore, fear God and keep His commandments. I want to bring a summary message of the book of Ecclesiastes with a titled sermon, What is Enough? What is enough as we consider the conclusion of the book of Ecclesiastes? Let's pray together. We'll get into this tonight. Our Heavenly Father, I thank You again for Your goodness. I thank You for how You allow us to move and work in this life and in this world. And God, I pray 
That as you move and work in our lives and direct our steps, I pray that we would heed what you would have for us. God, I, I don't know that there were too many more choice servants than your servant Solomon. We know there was no one wiser than he. And yet, he struggled in his life. But at the same time, Father, you used him to bring this book, these words, to give insight to the questions of life that we probably wouldn't even be wise enough to ask, let alone attempt to give answers. But you used him. You used him to pen these words. We're grateful for it. God, I pray tonight that whatever our age is this evening, from the youngest in the room to the eldest in the room. That, Father, You would use these words to remind us really what life is all about. To fear You and keep Your commandments. God, that we might bring honor and glory to You in and through our life. We pray these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, he starts off chapter 12 in verse number 1 by saying, Remember. Remember. And as chapter 12 is seemingly a summarization of what has taken place in the first 11 chapters, it's no wonder that Solomon starts by saying, remember. He says, we've been through this. I've given you a lot of information here, and there are some things I want you to remember. We talked this morning about a test, taking test. When it comes time for test time, you've got to remember what you've learned, right? It's kind of hard to take a test over material and information that you haven't been talked about, that you know nothing about. You're probably not going to do too great on the test. I always feared tests in school. I wasn't the best student, probably because I didn't study uh, very well. I didn't know it was always on a test. But there were some times I could come in and take a test and, and know as soon as I got done, done. I knew every answer. Hallelujah. There were other times where I turned it in and Oh man, I'm glad it was multiple choice, amen? You know what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm glad it was multiple choice because I had to guess on half of them. And uh, lo and behold, I got half of the ones I guessed on right. Can I get a witness? Come on. Uh, and, and Solomon is saying here, he's saying, look, he said, I've given you all kinds of things, but I want you to remember. And I'm going to give you three things to remember uh, from this chapter and from this book of Ecclesiastes, as Solomon, uh, in his uh, wisdom, gives us this. And the first thing, as he says, is remember now thy Creator. 
If we're going to remember anything about the book of Ecclesiastes and what Solomon is trying to get us to understand here, may it be that we remember who God is. In all the things of life, in all the uh, opportunities that we have, uh, we spend much of it trying to figure out our life, don't we? Now he says here, and it's very interesting, as he says, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth. The days of thy youth. That is to say that very early we ought to know who God is. And I hope you knew God in the early days of your life. But he says, and he describes the youth within this, and when you think about it, it's somewhat true. He says, remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, and he says, while the evil days come not. While the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. And we know as, we got, as we've gotten older, we get older every day. But I want you to try, if you are able to, to remember back to the days of your youth for a moment. How much care did you have as a child? Not much. I mean, how much stress did you have as a child? Now, I understand there you may have had some hard times and those types of things, but uh, the stress is much different for a child, isn't it? You know, I remember growing up, and I, I, my, uh, my dad did not always choose wisely in life. And there, there were times where we had to move to a new house because we had to move. There were times when uh, he uh, did not, he had to choose between paying this bill or this bill, and he didn't choose wisely. There were times, I remember, uh, on more than one occasion, uh, we, would, we would come home and we would have no power in the house. And there wasn't a storm. Everybody know what I'm talking about? Now, you know, as a kid, my sister and I, early in our life, I mean, I'm talking seven, eight years old, and I know it's going to sound weird to you, but we actually looked forward to the power being turned off. Anybody know why? Because that meant mom wasn't cooking. Not because she was a bad cook, it just meant mom wasn't cooking, and it was pizza night. That's weird, isn't it? Now, you know what? My parents, you know what they were doing while we were eating pizza? Anybody want to take a guess what they might have been doing while we were eating pizza? They were fighting, yeah, because my mom wanted to know, why didn't you pay the electric bill? And my dad had all the reasons. They were fighting. My sister and I were just enjoying pizza. You know why? We were too young to understand it's a big deal. 
We're just enjoying our youth. The stress, I mean, look, we should have been stressing out. How are we ever going to get electricity? We always got it turned back on. We always had a place to live. We never went homeless. We had everything provided for us. But the stress for children is totally different. Not to say that children don't ever have stress. They do, but the stress is different. I will tell you now, now it comes down to me. 43 years old. If I come home and the power's out, it better be because there's a storm, not because the bill wasn't paid. Because then it's going to be Rachel and I fighting with her wanting to know, why didn't you pay the bill? What did you do? And you know, there have been times where we have had the power out and she has asked, did you pay the bill? Well, of course I paid the bill. And I'm thinking in my head, did I pay the bill? Why? Because it's different as an adult than it is as a child. And he's saying, the evil days come not. The stressful days don't come to children. Nor, listen, you know children don't typically think about death? Think about this. Look what he says. He says, the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh. Now, we know as adults, death can come upon any man at any time, any boy, any girl. Death is real. Death happens. But children don't typically think about, this could be my last day. How many of you, be honest here, how many of you, as you've gotten older, death has become more real to you. Oh, yeah. It just becomes real. It becomes real. And so he says, remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth. You see, all of this ties together with the fact that he says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. If you're going to remember anything within this, remember who God is. That word remember means to bear or to keep in mind who God is. Remember now, thy Creator in the days of thy youth, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them, while the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain. You know, to a child, there's really not much difference between night and day. To them, it doesn't matter what time it is. But to us, it's another day. It's another day gone by. And he goes through and he describes the keepers of the house. He said, they're going to tremble. Strong men shall bow themselves. The grinders are going to cease. Things are going to change, he says. Those that look out the windows, it's going to be dark. The doors are going to be shut in the streets. There's going to be a time where things change. He said, and all the daughters of music shall be brought low. He's saying there's going to come a time when everything that you know is going to be different and it's going to cease. Verse 5, he says, also when they shall be afraid of that which is high. And fear shall be in the way. The almond tree shall flourish. The grasshopper shall be a burden. 
Desire shall fail. He says it doesn't matter what you desire, it's going to fail. It's not going to fulfill you any longer. Because man goeth to his long home. And the mourners go about the streets. He said, look, remember now the days of thy, thy Creator and the days of thy youth. Because one day you're going to be old. And the stress is going to be real. And one day, you're not going to be any longer. And people are going to mourn. He said the money is going to be gone in verse number 6. Verse number 7, the dust shall return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. And he says, when that happens, when that happens, it's vanity. It's all empty. The want of substance to satisfy, the fruitless desires, the empty pleasures, it's all vanity, he said. But he said, moreover, because the preacher was wise, he's talking about himself here, by the way. Solomon is that preacher. The same preacher that he talked about in chapter 1. He says, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge. All of this book of Ecclesiastes it's about Solomon teaching something. Now he was in search for the questions of life. Many of it was unknown on the answers. But he says, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge, yea, he gave good heed. And he sought out to set in order many proverbs. He said, I want to help people. He said, as a matter of fact, I want to help you. And so while he says, remember who God is, the second thing he wants us to remember are the lessons that he taught. Or we could even say the lessons that we've learned. Solomon searched. And he sought and he sought and he sought these things. And what he says is, because I was wise, he says, I've learned something. I've learned a few things. And in his searching, he learned. And as he learned, he said, I've also taught. He said, and because I've taught, I found something. And he says, I want to remind you to remember. In verse 10, he says, the preacher sought to find out acceptable words. That which was written was upright. Even words of truth. Listen, we ought to be holding on to truth today. When we find the truth, when we hear the truth, we ought to accept it as such. And we ought to hold on to it. There's, I, I, I'm, I'm still amazed at the amount of misinformation that's out there today. But do you realize that there is some, on some level, there's a level of truth that is being touted as lies? 
and there are lies that are being portrayed as truth, then I will tell you it's becoming harder and harder to discern. Some things we can we just know based upon the source. If this source over here says it, you can mark it down. It's true. We used to think that. We used to know that, as a matter of fact. And then we would know if a source over here said it on this side, it's probably not believable. Over the years, I, the older I get, the more skeptical I get. I don't know if you're like that or not, but I certainly am. But he says, what I've written is upright, and the words are truth. But he says, the words of the wise are as goads. A goad is something that incites to stimulate thought. What Solomon says here, he says, I've given you these things, I've taught you these things because I've learned them, I have found them, and I'm reminding you to learn them yourself. That it might incite some thought in your mind, even though the thoughts may be irritating. You ever had irritating thoughts? I sure have. But he says, everything that I've brought to your attention, the words of the wise are as goads. He says, they might irritate the mind, but you need to know them. Because they're as nails fastened by the masters of assemblies. You ever looked at something and wondered, how did it come together? How was that made? How did that happen? I remember the first time I, I saw uh, church pews put together. Anybody ever watch church pews put together? You ever seen that, Brother Tom? It's actually pretty cool. I had no idea. We, I, we had ordered some church pews one time, and uh, they, they came in, and I was thinking, man, big semi-truck load, right? Nope. Not at all. They brought them unassembled. Partly assembled. They had the side sections and they had it down. They put it together and took about an hour and a half to put 26 pews together. Pretty amazing assembly process. And I thought, well, I always wondered how they did that. I just figured they'd bring them in like this and carry them in off the truck and rather heavy and just shows my, you know, unknowingness. They put them all together, and it was, it was pretty amazing. You don't think about some of those things, even when it comes down to uh, think about putting a car together. Some of you have worked in a, in a car factory, and you've seen it done. It's probably an amazing process to those that don't know. And Solomon says, it's like the masters of assemblies, which are given from one shepherd. And further, he said, by these, my son, be admonished. That again means to remember, that is again to be told, that is to be told with a firmness, to be corrected and to accept correction. But then he goes on to say, of making many books, there is no end. Ever been to a library? 
course you have. You can't even count all the books. I mean, there's books upon books upon books upon books. He says, and he tells us this, there's always going to be books. But he said, much study is a weariness of the flesh. He said, son, you're going to learn some things. You're going to learn some things you wish you'd never learned. What you need to remember is, number one, who God is. Number two, he says, remember the lessons that you've learned. But number three, he says, remember, there is a conclusion. There is an end. And so he says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. What is life all about? That is really what the book of Ecclesiastes is all about, and it's about life. And it's about what life is all about. You're not going to understand everything. Some things are vanity. Some things are vexation of spirit and vexation of mind. He said, but at the end of the day, at the conclusion, when it all comes to an end, there's only one thing that matters. Fear God. Keep His commandments. This is the whole duty of man. The whole. The wholeness. All of it. As a matter of fact, this is what life is all about. Fear God. Keep His commandments. To fear is to have a holy awe a holy awe, or a reverence of God. Webster said, the reverence of God which springs from a just view of God, of His character, and a real love of His character. Do you fear God? Do you fear God? Do you have a holy Awesome reverence of who God is. He said, keep His commandments. See, God's told us some things. Matter of fact, He's told us a lot of things. There's more than ten, by the way. Jesus said, though, there are two that the rest of the law can be placed upon. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And he said, the second is like unto it. Love thy neighbor as thyself. So the rest of the commandments hang on these two. That is to say that all of them have to do with either one of those two. It's either about loving God or loving others. Fear God. Keep His commandments. Why? Because God is going to bring every work into judgment. Every secret thing. Anything anybody's ever seen, God's going to judge it. The things that we think no one else knows, no one else has, God does. He said, therefore, let your life be about fearing God. 
keeping His commandments. Because whether those secret things were done well and done good, or whether they be evil, God will judge it. Therefore, attend to what He says. Obey as an act of reverence what He says to keep His commandments. It's the conclusion. I'm sometimes amazed by by these two verses. In Solomon's search, he learned that he hated life. But at the end, he was able to conclude in all of the unknown and all of the known that he learned that life at the end of the day is about fearing God and keeping His commandments. And he says, it's your duty to do just that. Because you're going to be judged for everything you've done. Solomon talks about death in this book. He talks about life in this book. He talks about making money in this book. He talks about love in this book. But he says, you want to hear the conclusion? You want to know what life is really all about? It's about fearing God. Keeping His commandments. In doing so, I'm convinced that life can be grand. I mentioned on Wednesday night, our Wednesday night Bible study, you know, I've never, I've never gotten in trouble for obeying. My children have never gotten in trouble for obeying what their mother said or obeying what I said. Never. Because obedience, as the song says, is the very best way to show that you believe. Spell it out. Obedience. Fear God. Keep His commandments. That is what life is all about. Every head bowed, every eye closed tonight.